0: Cobra and we welcome you to another Disney News on Parade here at Disney at Play. Food and wine is in, Mickey's Not-So-Scary out. We have so much to cover including just breaking news about major events that are being included and cancelled at Walt Disney World. You want to make sure you join us and be sure to check out our notes page as we have lots of photos and links and additional notes as to uh, the things that we're covering this evening. So let's get started. There's so much to cover. Epcot's International Food and Wine Festival is coming. In fact, it's coming soon, starting on July 15th which is the day that Epcot reopens. You'll recall that the Magic Kingdom and Disney's Animal Kingdom will reopen on July 11th. Epcot and the studios will reopen on July 15th. So this is huge news that not only is the Food and Wine Festival coming back, but it is coming back sooner and for a longer duration than ever before. You'll also recall that the Epcot Festival um, Garden uh, Festival was pretty much cut short because of park closures earlier. Let's uh, read some of, the, um, some of the notes that were shared uh, by Disney. Quote, today we're pleased to share that not only have we cooked up a creative modified festival experience, it will also be our longest festival yet giving you plenty of time to enjoy a taste of Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. By the way, that a taste of Epcot International Food and Wine Festival is in parenthetical quotes as well. And I think they're doing that because they're basically kind of helping you understand it's not going to be exactly like most international food and wine festivals, but they're going to give you as much as they possibly can. They go on to say this new take on the Foodie Festival will debut July 15th and continue through the fall, offering over 20 signature global marketplaces like Hawaii, Hops and Barley, and the islands of Caribbean spaced out around the park. And if you've ever imagined a world where the floral fun of Flower and Garden is sprinkled in with the global goodies of food and wine, well, here's your chance. Guests will be able to see our newest topiary, Remy, in the France Pavilion and find flower and garden merchandise. Again, remember, I'm cutting out here, remember that was all cut short and so all a lot of guests did not even have a chance to see the flower and garden festival. However, going on as they say, for scavenger hunt fans, Remy's Ratatouille Hide and Squeak Scavenger Hunt returns and stay tuned as food and wine merchandise joins the fun later on after the festival begins. So they're basically acknowledging, hey, look, uh, the flower and garden, it got cut short. And by the way, we got a ton of merchandise left over. So we're going to bring that. We're going to bring what elements we can from that into it. We're going to mix it in. It makes so much sense to start it early. I know we, I know we give them no end of grief about how long they make these festivals, but frankly, if you're going to, um, if you're going to tell guests that they can only come, um, uh, there's a limited attendance at these events and so forth, and each day at the parks, they need to lengthen out this festival as long as possible to allow people as many opportunities and chances to attend. Please understand that when Epcot doesn't have a festival like this, it's almost dead at Epcot. But when these festivals occur, you get there on a Friday, Saturday night, this place is jammed with people. So they can't do the jamming with all those people in in one place. They've got to spread out. They've got to limit the attendance, but they're giving people more days uh, to do that. Now, What will be missing from this offering is the Eat to the Beat concert series. Um, That's gonna be taken away. That, sit out there and watch a concert being performed when we gotta space everybody out, that's not going to work when there are only a few select concerts. So that's being taken out. But still, hey, Food & Wine is coming back, and I know that for a lot of folks, this is big news, positive news, Uh, News that gets people really excited about coming back to Walt Disney World. Meanwhile, the axe has been cut on Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween party. It has been canceled for 2020. Now, if you listen to our podcast, we predicted this back on a podcast we did on April 15th. Um, We just knew that when you take out the fireworks which they announced fireworks were going to be brought out of these, um, out of the parks for a short while. You take out the parade. Parades have been removed. You take out the crowding in front of the castle for a show. And, oh, by the way, how are you going to handle, you know, giving trick-or-treat candy out? I mean, that was just a COVID nightmare. And so all that being taken out, there really wasn't much to do, it'll be interesting to see if Magic Kingdom opens, uh, well, hopefully it'll open with its, um, in July, it usually has a very patriotic attire on Main Street uh, for the 4th of July, even though it won't be open on the 4th. It usually has this Americana look on Main Street. And then the 1st of August, it moves to a very Halloween overlay. It'll be interesting to see if they, how much of that Halloween overlay they put out. I think it would be great if they did that. I think it'd be great if they had the Disney characters come out in Halloween costumes or some of the Disney villains come out and, and do kind of a more distant um, show, uh, you know, move through the parks uh, quickly through a little, you know, wave to the guest kind of experience. Additionally, we should mention Disney um, H2O Glow Nights, which is their nighttime ticket event. At Uh, Disney's Typhoon Lagoon is not going to take place in 2020 and that's that's interesting to note because um, as of just a day or two ago the parks which water parks which have not been announced at all and by the way we've done recent podcasts on Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach we still have another one coming that's going to compare those two so look for that down the road in the next week or two but um but they have still listed those water park events and the H2O events on the calendar. Um, but here they've made it clear that the H2O event uh, is not coming back. What they haven't announced is whether the water parks are coming back, but we're going to come back to that in a few minutes. Um, guests who have already brought, bought tickets to these events will be assisted with refunds over the coming amount, uh, coming weeks and so forth. Now, what about Mickey's? very merry Christmas party. What about Epcot's International Festival of the Holiday, which includes the candlelight processional? Well, Disney has basically said, look, that's to be determined. Um, hopefully there's good news that will ultimately prevail, but it's to be determined depending on the spread, uh, or respread or, you know, movement away from, from the pandemic. Uh, Clearly this week, the art of making parks safe has been, in fact, was going to be the headline until just a few minutes ago when, when these events were announced. But uh, really, during the whole week, a number of things have happened to emphasize Disney's efforts to make the parks safe. Um, last week, we spoke on um, Disney News on Parade about a petition on change.org to change out Splash Mountain from a Song of the South uh, overlay to a retheme of The Princess and the Frog. Now a petition has gone online, and it's had, uh, as of today when I checked it, about 40,000 signatures, suggesting that Disneyland, out in California, it's not a petition about Walt Disney World, but it is a petition about Disneyland out in California, it shouldn't be a reopening. It uh, should be opening up soon. Now, as I kind of mentioned, even before Disneyland announced the reopening dates, and I mentioned, and I talked about Walt Disney World's delayed opening dates, I said that I there's this political football between a very conservative Florida state that, you know, everybody go open up. Everybody just open up. And California, which has been very reticent to open up. And... It's gotten to be this kind of, I mean, there's just almost two different worlds out here. Now, the number of incidents of uh, individuals uh, becoming positive has dramatically grown over the last week or so out here in Florida. And in fact, tomorrow, Orange County uh, Mayor Demings uh, is going to uh, sign a thing that emphasizes everybody must wear a mask in Orange County. Um, Conversely, Governor Newsom in California is looking to do the same thing in California and the sheriff in Orange County, there are two Orange Counties, if you're not familiar with this, there's an Orange County where Disneyland is and an Orange County where Walt Disney World is. Um, The emphasis here is on the word orange, I guess. (laughs) No wonder no wonder we got an orange bird. But um, but the Orange County Sheriff out in California, near Disneyland, has basically said, look, you can make this uh, determination that everybody's going to wear a mask, but I am not going to, to enforce this. That is not my job as a sheriff. So there's, again, this great big political football going on about uh, what's going on. Meanwhile, Disney's trying to... Uh, put the best emphasis on safety. By the way, I should also mention, and I uh, I should have included some photos which are out on the web. There's been a few photos, particularly of Universal's Volcano Bay, guests going, what appears to be going back out to the bus loading area. You have to go underneath a road and up a ramp. And they show all these guests hugging tight in this very... Um, intimate space in a, in, a, in a time where we all should be social distancing. And other images coming from SeaWorld would suggest social distancing is not occurring the way it ought to out there. So Disney's, I, and I, I said this, I I don't know if I said that on a podcast. I know I said it to David Sinola. I said, David, the biggest challenge with Disney opening up a month after Universal and SeaWorld is that the example of gas and the photo and the media and the social uh, messaging coming out of these parks where we see guests not doing these things, not wearing masks, not staying six feet apart, is going to keep Disney from practically being able to reopen themselves because there will be so much bad press prior to Disney's reopening. That said and done, Disney has been proactive in trying to do a number of things. Um, to really uh, get their message out there. One of them is just that, a, a message which has come from the good doctor, not the good doctor uh, as in the show on ABC, but rather Dr. Pam Heimel, who is, the, who is the Disney Parks chief medical officer. By the way, until this pandemic occurred, I don't think I ever knew that there was a Disney Parks chief medical officer this is kind of a new stuff and not a bad thing. And she seems very measured and very thoughtful. And her message, um, I want to cover it, that was, that was shown on the Disney blog. Um, sandwiched between comments that assure you that we're trying to maintain our trust with you and create a magical yet safe experience. Or is it a safe yet magical experience, I'm not sure which. Dr. Heimel again reiterated some key procedures for moving forward. And they they keep saying these things because they want the guests to understand these are the rules of the road. Before you get here, understand these things are gonna happen. We're gonna reduce capacity. That means not everybody's gonna get a ticket. We're gonna do a temperature check for guests prior to entering. So you're going to have to go through that procedure. And if it doesn't check out well for you, you may not be allowed entry. Increase cleaning and disinfecting. We're going to do everything we can, especially in the high um, usage areas to keep things clean. Promote and adjust for physical and social distancing. So uh, whether that is stickers on the ground saying where to stand or just um, simply emphasizing inviting guests to to separate out, um, that's a big part of it. Requiring the face coverings. This has been emphasized. Again, I just mentioned that a few minutes ago, as political as that is. And then providing options like contactless payments and access to hand washing and sanitizer locations. So she goes through that to, to emphasize the importance of all that. Then she goes on to emphasize the idea that we must, quote, promote safety together. In other words, what she's trying to say is, you and I have all got to not just practice safety, we got to get everybody else on board to safety. And so she goes on to say, quote, many of the actions we all take in our daily lives to help reduce the risk of spread of COVID-19 are designed to help protect not only ourselves, but others as well. For example, I wear a face covering in public spaces because it may help protect you. Emphasis on you. And, in turn, you wear a face covering because it may help protect me. Emphasis on me. Quote, when you wear a face covering during your visit, wash your hands frequently with soap and water, or even make the important decision to reschedule to another day if you're not feeling well, You help make the experience safer for everyone. So you see right here, I'm just gonna stop here. She's, there's a big emphasis. We all gotta do this together. You gotta play a role, I gotta play a role. Then she goes on to say, this shared responsibility is an important strategy to help reduce the risk of infection. And so when you join us for the first time after reopening, you will find not only enhanced health and safety measures, but also a special group of cast members that are trained to share information about our new policies. Those are the ones that have been wearing the yellow shirts. Uh, they will be available to explain our new procedures, answer questions guests may have, and encourage everyone to follow these measures so we all have a safer visit to the parks. You see, Disney's doing their best. Disney's gonna be available to help everybody understand, to get everybody on board. Meanwhile, you gotta do your part. This is a constant messaging thread that is going through all of Disney's social media to help people understand one of two things. A, we're serious about this these safety measures, and B, just because the other people other parks aren't doing it doesn't mean we aren't doing it. So, so keep that in mind. At the same time this week, The Incredibles now have been utilized in in promoting super safety tips. So as another part of its campaign to create a safe park environment, Disney has made a series of stylish posters using characters from The Incredibles to remind guests that in order to have an incredible stay at Disney, you need to follow safe distancing and hygiene practices. You may recall, if you haven't gone, go back to this Disney at Work post, we have the link in it on a show notes page, it talks about how Disney needs to u- utilize approaches. How do they win compliance? How do they get guests to, to follow the rules? We talked about this over a month ago. This is so critical. And Disney's doing this right now. From the Stormtroopers to the Yellow Shirts, now to the Incredibles here. Um, they are utilizing every approach to get everybody on board to complying and doing. It. And they've got these great little posters that we've put in the tech page, you know, you got Frozone, be cool, check your temp, you know. My favorite is um, the mom, stretched out hand, maintain proper distance, um, just really, really clever little posters, but critical to creating that, that we're all in this together, let's all be super, let's all be incredible in doing this. So to, and in the fact, their phrase is "Together, we can make today incredible." So that too is part of the campaign. Now, it's not just enough to try to be as clean as possible and be and invite everybody else to do is to to be uh, wear a mask and, and to stay safe distances and so forth. It's also important that. Um, they employ some really uh, helpful technology. And so a third thing that has been added, not added, I'm sorry. A third thing that was quietly tested this week at Disney Springs in the parking lot structure was a new security scanner. Now back up for a moment and remember that just before closing, all of the main entrances to the parks, to include the TTC at Magic Kingdom, had been undergoing a major revision. Disney's uh, Hollywood Studios was the first. They had redone their, their security entrances, put in major roof coverings, not temporary structures, but major roof coverings with lightning rods. This is important. I'll come back to that in a moment. They moved back the parking drop-off areas, so there was plenty of space to queue all these guests. Which, let me tell you, that couldn't have been smarter and better, because they are going to need all that space, getting guests in there in a in a responsible way. That said and done, these roof coverings were intended to put you through a scanner to to you know test whether you had any metal objects in your pocket. And then they also had tables to do a bag check. Now, if we add this fever check, that too has got to happen um, undercover, partly because uh, it's going to be hot outside at many times of the year. Um, but it, it's just part of this whole process of getting guests through. So they've they tested this. The scanner, which comes from a company called Evolve Express, and it does a number of things that are really helpful. First, there's real-time detection. You walk through, and they're able to see guns and other weapons. My understanding is is a guess that the that the individual on duty is going to have like an iPad, something of that nature, and it will show not only whether or not you know you know you usually get a little signal when you go through those kinds of points but it will show where probably that metal or that object and possibly even render something comparable to that object on the pad so they can see not only where it is but what it is so real time detection is guess coming through in fact it's fast and efficient and can screen over 3600 people per hour so Visitors can walk through side by side, or even in groups. Now that's not going to happen here, and Disney's put a Disney's going to buy a whole bunch of these because what it also does is you can add to it the addition of a thermal sensor. This option allows, uh, with some software, allows you to detect elevated skin temperatures. The challenge is is that it takes about two or three seconds, um, followed by immediate frictionless and touchless weapon screening. So the great news about this is that not only can scan for weapons or other inappropriate things coming into the park, it also does fever check. Very cool, you'd say Disney, buy a billion of those, right? I'm hoping that's what disney's doing or something comparable to this even if it's not from this vendor and they may be trying out several vendors before this all opens but <clears throat> what this does if they do add the thermal sensor it does dramatically lower the number per hour now i don't and i think they said it was more like to about 1800 instead up to 1800 instead of 3600 it's so almost half now that's still a lot of people coming through and mind you Disney's got a lot of portals, the way they've designed their security to put through people through. And frankly, they'll pe- still be going through a lot faster. And they're not going to be looking at everybody's bag. They're going to look only at large bags. If you've got a small carry-on purse, it just goes through. If they still have a question on it, they can then look at it at that at that point, but they don't have to look at it. So it will still probably move a lot more people through if they add enough of these um, these uh, detectors. It's also frictionless and respectful. So no stopping, no emptying pockets. Uh, you know, remove the keys, put them in the pocket, uh, removing bags and all that, which is really important because again, you don't want security touching and handling you. You want to re- reduce that under COVID-19. It creates for targeted searches, so see in real time where the potential threat is on a person's body or in their bag, reducing the amount of physical contact. Flexible deployment options, very easy to set up and can be moved so they could move a bunch of these over to ESPN if they needed to for a particular event or they can move a ton of these into a um, run Disney marathon. And then there's um, some analytics um, that allow them to kind of um, monitor entrant numbers and alarm rates and so forth. So they kind of help them. So this, is, this is huge. Now, there's some challenges with this. Note that it was tested at Disney Springs. That's probably in part because Disney Springs is much more enclosed. One of the challenges with the metal detectors that have been placed in Disney parks so far is that they are metal detectors, and Disney is the lightning capital of the world. So you get a lightning strike going on in the area; you couldn't be operating those metal detectors otherwise. It was like putting guests in a frying pan. So, 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 I, I, it's going to be interesting to know what, how these work and whether they can be used safely even during a thunderstorm underneath the new coverings that they have. Um, It's just, it's all really good news. The other piece of good news, and I have never talked about this before, but it has been one of my biggest concerns. And I'm hoping the fact that they tried it out at Disney Springs means that they will start using them at Disney Springs. Up until now, Disney has never use a metal detector or a bag search at Disney Springs. They do it at Downtown Disney um, out in California, but they've never done it at Disney Springs. And frankly, it is time to do that. This week was the anniversary of the Pulse nightclub shooting. Um, Those of you, and I believe it's even mentioned in Bob Iger's biography, the gunman had come to Disney Springs earlier that evening with the intent of doing damage there, not at the nightclub. He, it happened to be that as he came in, I believe it was through the Cirque du Soleil kind of area near uh, House of Blues, he saw some sheriff's patrol officers. That deterred him, he got back in the car and ultimately ended up at the Poles nightclub. Long and short, That was four years ago. It is overdue for Disney to put metal detectors at Disney Springs. I'm also just going to put it out there. It needs to happen at the water parks too, which by the way, they're going to have to do the fever check anyway at the, at the water parks and all this, they're going to have to put these sensors. So the good news is I think these things are all going to get out there. That may also be one of the reasons why they have not announced opening dates. Uh, for the water parks because maybe they need to do some uh, additional ordering or there's still work to be done in, in that regard. I don't know. I don't have any official word. I don't even know that they have agreed to go with these scanners. We just know that they tried them out. But this is the kind of solution if they work and work to the degree Disney needs them to work. Um, this is the kind of solution Disney needs. By the way, one of the very funny things um, when you used to walk into the employee services building at Epcot, you would notice that the carpets were all in these different patches and shades. And the explanation we would give to visitors when we toured them through um, the cast uh, Center was that carpet folks come to you and say, yes, you know, our carpets are good for you know, uh, they never wear, they never tear. They, they take wear and tear for 10 years. They take wear and tear for, you know, a million people crossing them. And Disney will say, okay, well, let's try that out. So they lay down the carpets right there where the cast members come and go all day. And they quickly see um, whether or not uh, uh, the carpet is, <laughs> it's really going to take the wear and tear. Because they can't be replacing carpet all the time. Long and short, I mention that story because this is the same kind of thing with these kinds of detectors. They've got to, uh, they've got to make sure they take the wear and tear of Disney, and there is so much that, that goes on at Disney. So, um, so they've got to have really consistent systems that really know how to work hard and 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 uh, continually operate. All that said and done, let me just recapture this. Disney is all over the art of making parks safe, and they're doing their very best. I was at Disney Springs today. I still walked away with a very real feeling that this is one of the safest places to be. I don't have that feeling in other places that I go throughout Central Florida, but this place is one of those places, and I think that will happen with the Disney parks. Yes, there'll be more people at the parks than currently at Disney Springs. Um, Yes, it will be hot. Yes, there will be challenges, but Disney's trying to do everything it can to make the parks as safe as possible. Now, moving on, global parks. Not much from Disneyland Paris this week. Nothing really said from Tokyo Disney. I hope that changes soon. But two big things did happen. Uh, the first is that Hong Kong Disneyland reopened. Uh, last night I was watching the opening video. We have an image of it. Uh, it was very exciting to see. They of course are implementing many of the same safety best practices that have been implemented at Disney Springs and at Shanghai Disneyland, and it'll soon be throughout all the parks. But what was really notable was the progress on the castle of magical dreams. Um, which is the grown-up replacement to the original Sleeping Beauty castle, which was there because of budget cuts. When Hong Kong Disneyland was open, they mirrored Main Street just like Disneyland's and they mirrored the castle just like Disneyland's. And when you walk in, it just is this strange feeling that you're at Disneyland, but it's not Disneyland. It doesn't quite have that grown-up look with its lushness of trees and so forth. At the same time, you have this mountain behind the castle. So it's a unique thing, but they've redone it to this much taller castle. I I was a little skeptical, but every day I see it, another image coming in, I'm really pleased with where it's going. It is estimated to uh, be completed around September. Also uh, happening is Shanghai Disneyland has extended its standby Now, this is is a virtual queuing system, not too unlike the Rise of the Resistance system that was being implemented in the parks prior to the parks closing. They started a couple of weeks ago implementing this standby pass with the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh they have since this week moved on to other attractions they've implemented at seven dwarfs mine train with peter pan's flight with disney color fest um, which is a, a show that they have at uh, disneytown uh, with roaring rapids with tron light cycle power run with soaring over the horizon and with buzz Lightyear planet rescue Um, this is, this is important news because I do believe this will be occurring soon. This is, this is a tricky, this is a tricky thing to do in the parks because every time you create a situation where they're no longer waiting in line, but are told when to come back to wait in line. That means you got more people just standing around the park. So you don't want everybody standing all close to each other in the parks, but at the same time, you don't want them standing too close in the queues. And in fact, if you're socially separating the queues, then you know that you are going to spread out those queues. A, a fast pass queue is not going to work by and large for fast pass um, guests returning because it's not long enough. But if you take the standby queue, if you combine the standby line with the fast pass, what would that happen? It's one of the reasons why I don't think we know all the information about where fast passes are going because these queues, and I'll give a great example of it. Peter Pan's flight, you can, there were problems with the fast pass return at Magic Kingdom. Um, by the way, Disneyland doesn't even use fast pass on Peter Pan because they don't even have enough space but they do at the Magic Kingdom, but they never had enough space. And oftentimes the fast pass return was extending nearly all the way back to Mickey's Filler Magic. Well, now you add social distancing and you've got to mess with the fast pass return. Meanwhile, the, the standby queue is a big long queue of its own. And frankly, that needs to be utilized. So I think what's going to happen is they're going to use these standby Cues for attractions, particularly those with lesser um, length lines. I think it won't be needed, like in Pirates. I could be wrong. It might not be needed in, say, the boat, uh, the um, the Liberty Bell, where you just kind of, you know, wait till you see the boat come into the harbor, and you just walk on at that point. Um, but in certain shows, I could see this happening in Country Bear Jamboree or the better better example, maybe even certain hours. By the way, they say that these standby pass queues don't last a whole day for some attractions, maybe for Tron, but maybe not for, say, Color Fest. I think they need these in order to deal with the issue that they don't have enough space to have social distancing in a queue. So you got to have a return time. So I think some attractions, maybe like the Enchanted Tiki Room, if it should reopen, it may not even reopen, or the Country Bear Jamboree may not even reopen. Um, I can't believe a Hall of Presidents wouldn't reopen, but I don't think it would need, but it might have a return time as well. And so all these things are being played out, but definitely, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, yeah. Peter Pan's Flight, yeah. And no one, and Winnie the Pooh, yeah. And no wonder it's already happening at Shanghai Disney. So, so these things are. So this is happening at Shanghai Disneyland, and I think it's part of announcements we're going to see very shortly on how Fast Pass, and how the standby pass is going to be um, combined. Back over at Disney Springs, the week, Coca-Cola store reopened at Disney Springs, Chef Art Smith's Homecoming reopened with a new outdoor patio um, called Shine Bar and Social. And uh, it's perfect timing because frankly for Pope, I'm, I'm the individual who doesn't care too much to dine inside. I prefer the air conditioning but honestly, it's kind of better to be socially distant outside where there's more free moving air. So I love this. Um, uh, noted the new uh, Brandon, one of my friends, Brandon, has um, demonstrated or, or showcased the new baby Yoda balloon. Definitely check out the photo on that. And, uh, and see Brandon. Brandon, by the way, is the guy who made fame and fortune by being nearly blown away by the balloons, if you caught that. I, I should include that link in here. Um, and then I also, the Candy Cauldron and Goofy's Candy Company opened, uh, I think last week. What caught my eye on that when I came back is the limited number of handmade concoctions that were available. There are Rice Krispie Treats, there are cookies, there are dipped cookies, There are, but there are no hand-dipped strawberries or pineapple. There are no hand-dipped pretzels, and there are no caramel apples being done. That kitchen has got some decorative displays on its tables. That does not look like it's returning soon, and honestly, that was the thing I was looking forward to the most with reopening, but that is not a, uh, that's not happening. Also on the show notes page, I show a couple of things. Uh, during the closure, the Speedway gas stations closed. One of them has reopened the one near, uh, closer to the TTC and near the bus maintenance area. I show an image of uh, construction going on with Tron and that's moving along now that construction is recommenced. Um, if you've been to the McDonald's near the All Store Resorts, uh, you may not know that they completely overhauled this. You won't even recognize the building when you get there. In fact, you won't even recognize that it's McDonald's unless they get some kind of sign up there soon, because right now looking at the picture, you would not know it was a McDonald's. It does not have any, um, familiar look to it. Then finally, the last image I have is of the Cove. Now the Cove is a new tower adjacent to the Swan and Dolphin and it's well underway. In fact, I kind of think that maybe construction didn't slow down so much on this hotel during, um, during the pandemic. What is interesting about this construction is that it has a glass tower. Well, I shouldn't be surprised by this. That's what the artistic rendering showed but to me, it's a little bit disappointing. But maybe not to everybody. Um, but it is at least a little disappointing. The Swan and Dolphin are just weird-looking hotels. But they are so signature. They are like they're like California crazy architecture out in L.A. You know when you see the big donut and so forth. They're just things that are just part of of the landscape here at Walt Disney World. And yet this has a look and feel that has nothing to do with the look and feel. But it is part of the Marriott, um, uh, Weston and Sheraton, um, Swan and Dolphin Hotels. And we'll all be under the same um, involvement there. So, So anyway, we have a picture of that. In other Disney news, Disney cast members are being called back on either June 28th or July 5th. Um, Expected Disney cast members are being called back to work, uh, particularly into the theme parks. Not a lot of surprise there because we knew the theme parks were going to reopen. What is surprising is that those callbacks include ESPN's Wide World of Sports. Of course, we've talked about hockey and NBA coming to the miniature golf courses where there's been no say of of any uh, mention of those places. And yeah, lo and behold, the water parks, the water parks, apparently those cast members are being called back to those locations. But again, Disney has not made an announcement that they're even opening. Others like Volcano Bay and Aquatica over at SeaWorld, they have opened up... um, it you know it's happening elsewhere, and swimming pools are theoretically pretty COVID-free kind of locations because of chlorine and so forth, um, and the water and and that type of an open air. Uh, if you space out the um, the the beach chairs and so forth and and do some of the other kinds of things, I think it's very doable. But that was ten. No announcement has yet been made. We will keep you posted on that. Hotel dining reservations are being accepted as of June eighteenth today. Um, along with this, uh, my Disney experience—you'll uh, recall that app—is going to replace the traditional podium check-in at Walt Disney World hotel restaurants. So instead of going up to the podium saying, "Hey, I've got a reservation here for four o'clock," they're going to send you a message saying, "Hey." Um, we have you down for four. Are you still planning on us? And you know, let them know you're there and they'll let you know when your table's ready so you are not just kind of all standing next to each other and less than six feet and so forth right around the entrance to, to the restaurant. I wouldn't be surprised if they figure out how to do that with the counter service restaurants. We, of course, have mobile ordering, but the, it may be, I would not be surprised if, in mobile ordering. Well, let me just say this about mobile ordering. I think I may have mentioned it last week. At Disneyland, when they did their mobile ordering, you actually secured a time to come back. That kept people from all ordering their Dole Whip at the very same moment of the day. There, you If you were going to someplace like Aloha Isle to go get a Dole Whip or whatever, there were... Uh, windows of time and you had to reserve for that window of time and if you wanted it right then and there right then and now and that window wasn't open you had to look for something later or find something else to eat i understand that that's kind of what's coming to walt disney world so that again we do not have a gazillion people all crowded up waiting for their um, for their food and beverage so more to come on that four month disney annual pass extension Um, basically, uh, Disney had said when the parks closed that they would uh, extend, um, the annual passes. Now they have, um, indicated it appears that there will be a four month extension to that annual pass. Um, and, uh, that may help with the fact that you're going to be asked to get a reservation. There are going to be some days you won't get in when and where you'd like to do it. So so that, that is kind of, I think, their way of offsetting the pain of the fact that you may not be able to just go when and where you'd like, especially in those initial weeks and months. Out West, Star Wars Celebration has been canceled. Uh, That was planned for the Anaheim Convention Center this summer. It's now been postponed to August 18th through 22nd of 2022 so um, They're giving a free character pin stormtrooper character pin to those who carry over their reservation ticket to that 22 date Um, There was also an exclusive Disneyland event which apparently is going to be rescheduled, but that date has not been given. So more to come on that. Good news here. Good news and bad news. Good news is, is that there is a new LEGO Star Wars Rise of the Resistance ITS transport set. Now, I I thought this was referred to as a U-ship. Also, by the way, I refer to it in the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. You have a free complimentary guide that is extensive. If you need your Star Wars, you should have been already um, registering with us on Disney at Play, Disney at Work. Because just go out to Disneyatplay.com and sign up because I'm telling you the best, the best, the most comprehensive um, hundreds of diagrams, interactive maps, it's so cool. Anyway, if you are still looking forward to Star Wars: Galaxy's Edge, or if you want to dig deeper into its lore and stories and all the details, that is where you got to go. Meanwhile, Lego is going to introduce. Take the the U ship, the the ITS transport. That's the one when you exit um, your your briefing and you head into a ship to head out into space. Um, and then stuff happens. We'll give it away. But um, it's going to come with a Lieutenant Beck and a V. Mirati, a little tiny figure, an astromech droid, a GNK power droid, his little Lego figures. It's so cute. The bad news is, it's not available till September. And in my opinion, that is poor planning on their part. It should have been available for Father's Day. I'm just saying. But at anyway, know that that's up and coming and you can take a look at that on our site by the way while you're on our site please take a few minutes share your opinion we want some feedback about how we're doing it's gonna take about eight or ten minutes i'm just be honest about that but give us better insight what you like about our websites what you like about our podcasts our posts everything we're doing um what you, you may find out a few things you didn't know about us in the process, and in and uh, uh, when you do that, you end up signing up for a Disney at Play prize package, which is going to include a hunk of stuff, a copy of the Walt Disney Studios. This is this is their studio archives book. It's so cool, the Walt Disney Studios. A lot to remember, as in studio lot. A copy of the Imaginary Field Guide to the Magic Kingdom of Walt Disney World a copy of my own book the wonderful world of customer service at disney a copy of everything i needed to know i learned from a little a disney little golden book to read to your kid or just read to yourself plus a whole bunch of other things disney animal kingdom cast member carry bag um annual report, old annual reports character stickers bookmarks park brochures a ton of stuff i'm gonna make it worth whoever wins that for doing So please, hey, go to our show notes page and take a look at that and um, take the survey. Just please help us out a little. And when you get a chance, go over to iTunes, give us a good rating if you can. Make sure you are subscribed to our podcast because we are rolling out the podcast. I'm excited about our next one that's coming in just a few days, what we love most about the Walt Disney World Resort hotels. I've got a great team that we're all talking about the different hotels and what we love most from dining to shopping, everything. It's, it's just so much fun. So be sure to join us for that and so much more, including our uh, weekly Disney News on Parade. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a part of the magic here at. Disney um, at play and Disney at work. And finally, in the words of Sinbad's Storybook Voyage, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. See a real soon.